be with y'all tonight. I'm always excited to be with y'all, but I'm excited to be introducing this new series that we're launching at Crossroads, um, and it's simply titled The Holy Spirit. <laughs> because when our collaboration team got together, I mean, what can you say when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit. And this is a subject and a series that um, we've had before. I mean, it's always different because there's so much to talk about. But a lot of times we circle back to things because of the importance of the subject matter and because of the misunderstandings and the different preconceived ideas that people have had or still carry with them over the years. So Suzanne mentioned a phrase earlier, and she mentioned the phrase, a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. And I will tell you that I think that's almost become a catchphrase in the church world. It's something that we say a lot, but I don't know that we all really understand um, or even think about it in the same way. So do you feel right now, and you don't actually have to raise your hand, but you're welcome to if you want, that you're in a spiritual battle? <laughs> I'll just do this. <laughs> I'll just do this right now. I mean, if I can just get really transparent with you guys, like I'm exhausted right now. And I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, but I will tell you, pastoring a congregation and saying yes to the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that tonight. I, I told Clay, my notes look like garbage right now. I feel, I mean, I spoke on prayer yesterday at our core meeting, and I got home, and my head was pounding, and I felt like I'd been in a gym getting beat up for like six hours. So I'm pretty sure we're in a spiritual battle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that when you give your yes to Jesus, and, and Pastor Rob, if those of you that have begun to crossroads for any sort of time, when you give your yes to Jesus, and you actually say, put me in the game, coach, and you get off the sidelines, you take a lot more hits than you do in the stands. And for many Christians, the term spiritual battle is an expression encompassing the generality of conflict between, between good and evil, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a spiritual battle out there. That is happening. That's happening out there, right? There's a war in heaven between angels and demons. And, you know, we kind of, even that pricks our ears a little bit. And we're like, ooh, that's a little, that's exciting. That's happening out there, right? 
and we nod in agreement when we hear it, but the reality and significance of the Christian that is a Christ follower, someone that says, I'm following Jesus, spiritual battle is not often well understood. The Apostle Paul writes about this in Ephesians 6, and he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul mentions four categories of the forces of darkness, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And Paul sees these categories as consisting of the enemies of the person who follows Christ and the adversaries that must be resisted and opposed by the believer. And if someone has an unclear idea about what the spiritual battle really is, then they probably view themselves as being more distanced from the struggle, more like a a bystander or a spectator, right? Like, that's really scary. That's too bad for them. That must be hard. However, Paul makes it clear to the believer to understand the reality of the spiritual battle that you are actually engaged in right now. (laughs) Right now. And to equip yourself. Are you ready? (laughs) For the fight of your life. For the fight of your life. Because that's what you're in when you say yes to Jesus. It's most certainly true there's a war being waged and the forces of light and darkness is described in Ephesians 6. And the truth is every believer is caught up in it, whether they want to be or not. So my question for you is, do you believe that? Do you actually believe that? Or do you feel the spiritual battle is just something out there? I know most of you. I know a lot of your personal, ongoing life stories that are happening right now. That is one of the beautiful things about having a smaller church congregation. We can be intertwined in our lives. So I know most of you right now are going, (laughs) you better believe I know that. You better believe I am well aware that I am in a battle. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to start understanding and experiencing the Holy Spirit and the level we are designed to experience the Holy Spirit, we first have to acknowledge that there is a spirit world. We have to admit the reality of that. The Apostle Paul talked about this so much. I mean, not just in the book of Ephesians. We find him addressing it in the book of Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 12.1, he says this, My fellow believers, 
I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. He says this, he says, for you know full well that when you were unbelievers, so picture your life before you said yes to Jesus, when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. You were led astray by your idols. I wonder how many of us struggle with being led astray by our idols today. <laughs> I, I know we don't, this is not my idol. Well, maybe some days it is. I'm like, where's my water bottle? <laughs> but I mean, we don't have little clay things that we have sitting on our window seal. But how many of us have made an idol, maybe out of our marriage? I know a popular idol in the state of Utah can be children. There's this constant pressure to put that before everything. Some of us have formed an idol out of our money, our finances. Work is a popular idol that a lot of us love to worship at the altar of. Time. Oh, it's my time. It's my time. I do what I want when I want to do it. We love the idol of recreation. That's a popular one. Can come first before anything else in our life. How about the idol of control? That'll, that'll touch a nerve. <laughs> if I can't control everything that's happening everywhere, everything starts to feel out of control. Therefore, Paul says, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the accursed one. No one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh. It is by divine revelation that one begins to see that the Lord Yahweh is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ, unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. If you're claiming, if you're saying I'm a follower of Jesus, that is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can, we can say that. What happens, though, is we, as followers of Jesus, we can either open the door to the Holy Spirit 
or we can crack the door. and kind of squish the spirit. And I think a lot of us can squish the spirit. We can squish it. Because we live in a physical world, and we try to often approach all things in a physical way. The reality is that we live in a physical world that is impacted in both good and bad ways by the spiritual world around us. And many times the things we see with our eyes are being controlled by a spirit world we cannot see with our physical eyes. And the truth is that the way we daily choose to open or close doors either makes room for the Holy Spirit or suffocates him. The enemy would love for us to believe that the spiritual world doesn't exist. But it is important to know the, the supernatural, about the supernatural and believe it is real. And we need to be careful not to entertain or treat it like it's some sort of a game. The spiritual world, angels, demons, God, Satan, all of it is very real. And until we live like there's a spiritual world, we will not make a spiritual difference. Until we live like there's a spiritual world, we will not make a spiritual difference. In John 16, 7, Jesus says this, he says, truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. You guys, Jesus said, it's good, I'm going. It's good I'm going, because I'm, I'm sending someone. I'm sending someone for you. And you're going to need him. You're going to need his presence. You're going to need his comfort. You're going to need his wisdom. You're going to need his direction. You're going to need him. I will tell you what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He is not weird. And sometimes in the church, we have made him weird. And you know what has happened? People treat him like he's a magic trick or a circus act. And he is not. He is not that. So then, you know what happens? People go from one little spiritual high to the next. And they, they come and they're like, I just, I just need a fix. I just need a a prophetic word. I just need a moment. I just need something. And you know what you need? Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes he's quiet. And that's okay. We got to learn what it looks like to press in to the Lord and not be demanding something all the time. 
because it doesn't mean more. I, I, I can't go depending. Bob, 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 just give me a word. I need a word. I need a word. You know what Bob can do? I got one. I've got one for you. I've got one. God, you're my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. I'm not saying there's something wrong with the prophetic. And we're going to talk about the gifts when we through this series. I am not saying that. What I'm saying is when we're seeking after that more than we're seeking after the Lord, we've made it weird. We've made it weird. I got to be able to sit in my room all alone and just sit with the Father, you guys. He's got to be what I seek after. And he, Jesus said, it's better I go. So you've got the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brings me comfort. The Holy Spirit is the best parenting co-parent I've ever had. Holy Spirit is the best marriage counselor I've ever had. The Holy Spirit is the best realtor advisor I've ever had. Yeah. Those of you that have hunted for a house and you've depended on the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. He says no, and you're like, really? He's like, trust me, I've got something better. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We got to have our eyes opened. In 2 Kings 6, 17, the prophet Elisha, <laughs> he said this. And, and I was talking yesterday about bold prayers, and, and I just love this because I think we've gotten too shallow in our prayers, and I think we've gotten too vague, and I think we've gotten too simple, and, and I'm going to say the word weak. And this is what Elisha prayed, and he said, Oh, Lord, please open his eyes. For He's praying for his, his buddy here who is terrified that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I mean, he couldn't see him, but Elisha, Elisha knew. You know why Elisha knew? Elisha was connected to God. So so Elisha trusted, and he had faith, and he knew his God would come through. And, And what I think we do sometimes is we see with our physical eyes, and all we see is the problem. That's all we see. That's all we see. But when we when we tune into the Holy Spirit. And we say, will you show me? Will you show me the truth of what you're doing, God? That's a prayer 
He loves to answer. It's a prayer he loves to answer. I think about marriage, and like you're in the middle of a battle, and you're just fighting, and you're like so mad at that person. I know none of you ever get mad at your spouse, so it's just, it's just, it's just Dave and I, right, babe? We're the only ones, yeah. And um, and it's like, Lord, I'm not fighting my husband. It says that I battle. I don't battle against the flesh. I'm, I'm battling against other things. Show me the truth, God. Show me the truth. Because right now all I see is my problem. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. And can we be that friend for each other, right? Can we be that? When Bob's struggling, can I, can I pray for Bob? Open his eyes, Lord. Show, show him the truth, the reality. Can we do that for each other? Because we're, we're in this war together. <laughs> we're, we're in the war together. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says this. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I think sometimes we got to be careful that we're not opening the door to things that make us weaker in our battle. You know, I think, I think sometimes we got to be careful about what we're letting in, right? Because all of a sudden I've opened the door and garbage is coming in. And, and that can be things we listen to, that can be things we watch, that can be things we intake physically, that can be, boy, that can be the way we spend our time. It can be so many things that we're like, I'm just opening the door a little bit. But when we start flirting with that stuff, we start playing with that stuff, all of a sudden, that stuff, you guys, we start to crave it. <laughs> and that becomes what we want more and more. And that can squish Holy Spirit. It becomes louder. It becomes more important. It becomes an idol. It becomes sometimes dangerous. There's a poet, author, songwriter, um, Andy Squires, and he wrote something recently. He said, instead of practicing self-control, which is a what? A fruit of the spirit. We often practice the bad habit of controlling others through different forms of manipulation. Or we try to manipulate the atmosphere. 
through manifestation. We look to the stars to align properly. We conjure through the power of positive speaking or thinking. We flip the cards over to determine our destinies because it is so much easier to flip a card than to be wise. But God has given us a great blessing. He has blessed us with the freedom to never have to practice manipulation and control of any kind. There is no secret knowledge available to the super spiritual. We all have access to God's wisdom and grace. Did you know that the secret, which isn't a secret because it's actually in the Bible, to wisdom is the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians, again, Paul, I I think Paul was trying to drive a point home. (laughs) In Ephesians 5, verse 15, he says this, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. How many of you feel the days are evil? Yeah, yeah. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. You guys, he wasn't, he was talking about being drunk on wine because if you've ever been, you don't have to raise your hands, drunk on wine, or seen somebody drunk on wine, then you know they're under the influence of something. They're under the influence of something. They're being controlled by something. They think different. They see different. They hear different. And that's God's desire for us to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So we look at things different. We see people differently. All of a sudden, when I look at people, do you know what I see when I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit? I don't see a person that's bugging me or rubbing me the wrong way. I see child of God. I see made in the image of God. That's what I see because I'm under the influence. My thinking is a little off compared to the thinking of the world because I'm under the influence of the Spirit. I've got kingdom thinking. I've got kingdom-minded thinking. So it's different. He did that on purpose. He wanted us to understand that we should be under the influence of the Spirit. Listen, here's the thing, you guys. In case you did not know, I am just a person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm just a person. So I can't transform your life. I'm just up here saying a bunch of words. That's all I'm doing. I wrote some stuff down. I'm just speaking to you. I can't force you to be filled by the Spirit. I can't, I can encourage you. 
I can tell you that it's my lifeline. I can tell you that I would never be able to preach or say a word if I was not deeply connected to the Spirit. I can tell you Dave and I would not be married today without the Spirit. I can tell you my kids would be disasters without the Holy Spirit. I can tell you all that. But I can't do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Only God invading our hearts and our souls and every area of our lives. Because you guys, here's the thing. Some of you, like Jesus says, he stands at the door and knocks. And most of you have said, come in. Please come in. But then you're like, come in. But is it okay if you don't go in my office? Because my finances are a mess. Or is it okay if you just hang out in the kitchen? Because I don't really want you in my bedroom. Because then you'll see how messed up my marriage is. Or... Is it all right if you come in? Or, you know what, Jesus, do you mind just sitting on the deck? I'm not ready to let you into all the rooms of my life. And he wants in every single part. And he is good, and he is kind, and he is faithful. He is so faithful. But... You're the only one that can say, I want you to invade every area of my life. I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that when I walk, I drip with the Holy Spirit. And you leave footprints as you go. And the other thing is, some of us are really good at saying, yeah, Jesus, come in. Please come in. And then we never close the door. We're like, everything else, come on into. Come on into. And maybe you need to close the door on some garbage. Maybe you need to do this with Holy Spirit. Or maybe you need to say, Jan, would you come hold this door with me? Because I don't know. I just always want to open this door. Because I like what comes in with it. And I know it's not good. But I still like it. So would you help me keep that door closed? You guys, <laughs> I'm telling you what, I have been preaching this for a long time, and I feel it in my spirit getting stronger every day. This battle we're in is about to get <laughs> even tougher. And if I've got a bunch of garbage, if I'm just going back to my sin all the time, 
I'm going to get the crap kicked out of me. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to get the crap kicked out of me. We got to have pure hearts and clean hands. We got to help hold each other accountable. That's what a church family is meant to do. We got to get real honest with each other. Because we got a war to fight. And I need as many players on the field as possible. And our coach is Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I'm going to invite Sydney back up. And then I'm going to invite our two prayer teams up. And she's going she's gonna to play a little bit of that last song um, that we sang. And I, I want to encourage you to take a look at your life in two specific ways this week. What spiritual doors have you opened in the past that Maybe it's time to make sure it's closed. It's time. What spiritual doors am I currently opening that I need to shut now? And I want to encourage you to pray about those areas with our prayer teams today. Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, come on up, prayer teams, by the way. Um, Carly, your new partner stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, find an accountability partner find someone you trust bring that darkness to light so that Holy Spirit can just invade it bring you comfort bring you peace bring you the direction that you need in this battle gracious God thank you for tonight Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that because of Holy Spirit, we are never alone. <laughs> we are never alone. God, I pray, I pray we would open the door wide to your Spirit. That we would, that we would even go home this week and lay on our floors and say, Holy Spirit, I want, I want all of you. I want it all every area of my life. I pray for hearts of repentance. I pray we close those doors shut, God, because there's work to be done. There's battles to be fought in the spiritual world is real. Yeah. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.